This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Happy Friday. Happy Preakend to all who observe here. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Peter Burns down there in Charlotte, North Carolina, his second radio show of the day. Uh, Tell the people how they can find you on Sirius XM. Uh, Channel 384, I host uh, SEC this morning every single day, uh, Monday through Friday. The best week ever over on Sundays. But most people just yell at me at Peter Burns ESPN on Twitter. So that, that's, that's, that's the easiest way to be upset with what I say on this fine radio program. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing Danny Cannell crossing paths with you in some serious XM meeting room and you guys just sizing each other up like one of the fight scenes from Anchorman. Just, you know, anti-SEC. No touching of the hair. SEC. There's no, absolute no touching of the hair. Grandma's. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol. Connecticut. You can see me on SportsCenter AM tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Join in the conversation. The CC call in line 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776. We're talking about the best and worst TV parents. Uh, we sort of used Bluey as the jumping off point there. I maintain the, the father on Bluey is one of the best TV parents of all time. And uh, I'll keep the comments uh, about the, the mom on that show to myself. Devin Givens is a Sixers insider, 76ers pre- and post-game host on 97.5 The Fanatic there in Philly. You can get at him on Twitter, Devin G 975 That's Devin with an O, and he's with us on Canty and Carlin. Devin, I mean, listen, you thought you come in, you talk in beat, you talk you know, Sixers and the Keys for tonight. No, let's start with the TV parents, best and worst TV parents. What's your take there, man? Uh, well, that one is uh, really easy for me. Best. I've done this before myself, so this is perfect that I'm on with you guys. Uh, Married with Children, Peg and Al Bundy are the best uh, because they're so dysfunctional and they're so fun. They have no idea what they're doing, but I think they were the best uh, TV parents. And the worst, can I go with one that I didn't know but the people told me was the Ozark parents? Oh, yes. That's a great call. Great one. I, yeah. Oh, we, yeah. Oh, so legitimately, the son is laundering money in the accounting. Spoiler alert, that actually ends up happening. And then, like, the wife is sitting there, <laughs> or, like, the daughter is, like, going out there and bat for him. It's yes. not a good situation whatsoever. <laughs> all, right, all right, Devin. Great. So. This is going to be extremely interesting. This game three, right? Because it's not only the importance of game three, but it's the importance of this like coronation, right? I mean, like you you see Joel Embiid, he gets an MVP award. I got to tell you, there's a little something extra, right? There's a little something extra in the in the bank for him, and also for the Celtics to make sure that they can ruin the parade just like they did in game two. Sure, absolutely, and and they want to come in. I remember last year when uh, Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid, they have the same training partner in the offseason, Drew Hanlon, famed uh, uh, personal trainer. And Jason Tatum last year, like many did, think that Joel Embiid uh, should have won the MVP a season ago. He was the runner-up for the second consecutive year. And I remember Tatum uh, saying to him that, you know, good luck, hope you win it, because this is going to be the last time because mine is going to be next year. And so with that, and, and you know, he, he gets announced on Tuesday that he is the, the winner for this for this campaign, and, and now he finally has it. The ceremony will be tonight pregame, and of course they're going to come in here because they, they feel like they have, even though the momentum has now shifted to Boston in terms of their win, despite it coming to Philadelphia, they, they still feel like that they are the better team. They took three of the four matchups during the regular season, and they know that they can play Joel Embiid in a certain way and still win the game. He averaged close to 36 points during the four games that they played on the season. So he can score. It just has to be the others to also help him out. So they're definitely trying to come up here and uh, break up the party. 
when you're looking at this pregame ceremony tonight, it feels like more, uh, Devin, than, than just a, an MVP hardware presentation. You know, it's not just that Philly was able to get through that first round and, and uh, you know, able to get Embiid back in the lineup, but it feels like the culmination you know, title notwithstanding of the process. It, like, how do, how do you how do you put mm. into perspective, you know, what this MVP award means not only for Embiid but really for a Sixers vision that's seven or eight years in the making? Yeah, this is this is something that has, as you said, it's been seven years in the making, and, and with it, as I just mentioned in the uh, previous answer, which was that many people felt like he was more than qualified to win again the second runner up for the past two seasons. But the fans also feel like they had a, a piece of this, a big part in this, of him finally winning. Not because they had anything to do, of course, with the work done on the floor. That's all him. They give him the credit for that. But the fact that they felt like they've had to stand up for him because he's not acknowledged like the saviors that are, let's just say, Giannis and Jokic. And we recognize them as those players. But it was more of, wait a minute, this guy over here has been doing this too. Uh, yes, he has not gotten to the conference finals or the NBA finals, but it is a regular season and war, award. And two years ago, they were the number one seed in the East, all being, albeit knocked out. And last year, they were the number tied for number two. They were the number four seed because they were tied with the Bucks and the Celtics. So with this one, it means a lot to the city. The same for Bryce Harper when he won it. The same for Allen Iverson years ago, and the same when Jalen Hurts unfortunately got hurt this past season. Many felt like he was the front runner before he missed those two games and Patrick Mahomes was right there with them, played the remainder of the season, and it was named the eventual award winner. So it means a lot to the city of Philadelphia and to see where he came from, where this team came from with the rebuild, that this says a lot to the, the city of, of what they and the Sixers and Embiid have all done together to make this a, a winning franchise again for the last six seasons. Devon Givens, our Sixers insider, 76ers pre- and post-game host over on 97.5, the fanatic here on Canty and Carlin. So, Devon, with that being said, right, there's a part of, yes, there's no doubt they're better than they were six, seven years ago. But the question is, is it's conference semis, they've lost, what, for the last five tries, right? They can't, they can't punch their ticket. Does this feel like this, like, hey, it's now or never moment, or this is still, quote-unquote, the window for Philly? For some, yes. And to, to add to why it is, is because of the James Harden uncertainty in the offseason. Doc Rivers, what does that mean for him being knocked out in the last three years in the second round, to your point? Because he hasn't done anything really any different than Brett Brown did. They've, mm-hmm. they've both gotten to the second round and were eliminated. So there's that part of it. There's a Tobias Harris one year left on his contract. And if James Harden does leave, which we don't know as of yet, the question then becomes what happens with P.J. Tucker, who we know are very close and which is part of the reason why he's here in the first place. So there's a lot there to it. And Joel Embiid, to the point of getting this MVP award and all the success that he and the team have had regular season-wise, he's not had a signature playoff win as of yet. The first round means nothing at this point. It's about that second round getting past and getting into the Eastern Conference Finals. So a lot rides on it, especially when it seems like right now at least for, for the moment, that the eventual NBA champion is wide open. There's no clear-cut favorite. And the Sixers and the Celtics are the two remaining best records in the NBA. And everything will have to come through Philadelphia should they get past this round. Mm. 
All right, Devon Givens, we appreciate you, man. Our Sixers insider. You can hear him on the pre and post game on 97.5, the Fanatic there in Philly. We appreciate the insight as always. Hey, hey, here's to a good game and a long series. Let's go. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Maybe we'll catch up again. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Devon. And, you know, he brings up Al and Peggy Bundy as the best and worst, you know, actually, he brought them up as the best TV parents. Katie Seagal. Seagal? I, I'm not 100 Seagal? Seagal? Sure. Seagal. Okay. Potato, potato. Okay, yeah. like, uh, going through her IMDb, Meg because I, we were trying to figure out, and, and Rachel brought it up, she's on Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, which kind of got the two guys and a girl, two guys and a girl in a pizza place treatment, where they shortened the name of the show, but she's a great mom on that show. Obviously, before that is Married with Children. Futurama's in there as well, not a motherly character, but then she goes full heel turn as Gemma on Sons of Anarchy, where she's a murderous, like drug dealing biker gang mom. It's she's on both she's on both answers here. Uh, that's the opposite of being typecast, right? At, at that point, uh, but but Meg was Meg Bundy that really good of a mom? Like when we <laughs> dialed into it, like are we going to go back in there and rewatch these episodes? And I guarantee you, there's going to be some moments in there you're like, yeah, I don't think we're good. I mean, like I mean, like listen. Letting your daughter go out like that in public? No way. Uh, no way she was good. It was Still. the 80s. It was a different, you know, 80s, early Let's 90s. Let's not forget, she also ends up on uh, the reboot of Roseanne. The Connors, yeah. She she ends she up, have, like, I'm going to say the motherly figure. I was going to say, I didn't know if she had kids in that or not. No, she doesn't have kids. She just, they have yeah. to... I don't want to spoil it. I don't like spoilers. It's a show I'm not going to watch. I'm not yeah, going to lie yeah, to you. I'm you, not you concerned about you. Well, she ends up, like, <laughs> dating Dan. Oh. oh, you ruined it. I can't believe her and Wait, Dan, Dan got together. Dan Unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Again, that's Rachel. Rachel, you on social media so people can get, uh, get I'm at I'm not you? handing that out. No, you're not handing it out? Well, we'll hand it out for you. That's totally fine. Uh, Peter Burns, Randy Scott, and for the guys, uh, Canty and Carlin continuing on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Uh, so touching on the Sixers and and touching on the Celtics, yes, Peter, it's a, it's a tie series coming back to Philadelphia. It feels not tied. In a clunky way of putting that, like it feels because like because of all, how Game Two yeah. just rolled, and it was just Boston just punking them. Just like, all from, the momentum the is, yeah, all the momentum is wearing green tonight. Yeah. I feel like I, I, I do believe it. And again, I think you go back in years prior, and that's why I brought it up to Devon about the idea of how do you look at the process, right? Because you can say that the process is still legitimately bad pun intended, like is in process because, but it can end because. Do you believe? Do you believe that you're going to get a James Harden you got out of game one throughout his career? I mean, that door is closing. I feel like you're. Mm-hmm. it's like watching Allen Iverson at the end of his career where you're going to have games where he's unbelievable. He's unstoppable. He's the reason why you've got a chance. But then probably 65 70% of the time, you're not going to get that any longer. We don't even know if he'll be a part of this team going forward. And I look at this, and that's why. We talk about pressure. Like... I don't think the pressure is on the Phoenix Suns for Game 3. I don't think the pressure is either on Golden State or Los Angeles in this Game 3 as much as it is for Philadelphia to make sure that they hold serve against Boston. And it's it's a belief situation, right? At some point, you have to get over it. At some point, you have to say, no, we have the MVP. We are the best team in the league. We got the best fans in the league. That place is going to be rocking. And if all of a sudden Boston gets into their grill right off the bat, which you know they would love to do, Right, mm-hmm. Randy. If they punch him in the mouth, and you're looking at the end of the first quarter, are we going to see? Are we going to see a James Harden answer? Are we going to see an MVP Joel Embiid answer? Like, like I would have absolutely one thousand percent loved if if Joel Embiid did not get the award before the game. I like. I'm I'm oh, just like really? I wish would Joel would would just say, you know what? Hey, we're good. 
put it in the locker. I'll, I'll deal with it later. I know that's not how it works. I know how television works. But I'm telling you, that's like it's the worst night to have this happen because yeah. it's the biggest night. And I don't even say this year, Randy. I think it's the it's the biggest night of Philadelphia basketball that they have had in, in maybe this whole process. Yeah, in the entire process. Because if they don't win tonight, they ain't winning the season. And I think this team dismantles. And then the process was for what? Good, but not great. Uh, the the okay. We could point to this pivotal game three as the linchpin, right? That either continues the process or breaks it apart. Joel Embiid isn't going anywhere, but James Harden, darn near sure, is back to Houston. Doc Rivers, darn near sure, loses his job as Sixers head coach if they do not win this series. You can only stack so many semifinal losses with this talent, and now an MVP. Like you could, if you want to get negative about it, you could say one of the worst things to happen to Doc Rivers pressure wise is Joel Embiid winning the MVP because it puts now. Uh, I, I, I hate this. Uh, I hate the word narrative, but it, it, it puts a discussion on the Sixers. It puts the frosting on the Sixers' struggles, right? If they lose again, how do you lose with the MVP? How do right. you lose when you stole a game without him in Boston, took home court advantage, and then laid an egg? Because the potential is here. If there's a hangover from game two to three where Boston punked him, like you said, 34-point win, knocked down Wasn't more than close. 23s, dictated the tempo. Peter, they won that game with Jason Tatum, who in his own right for stretches, was an MVP candidate this season. They won with him having seven points. Seven points. Foul trouble. Played 19 minutes, and they Mm -hmm. still absolutely steamrolled him. If they stack another couple of those wins, this thing, you're right, gets dismantled, and Joel Embiid is the only pillar left. It is the continuation and culmination. They drafted him in 2014. Okay, They took him third overall in a draft that had you know Andrew Wiggins going first. Marcus Smart was a lottery pick. And and Marcus Smart is going to be on the team that advances to the finals out of this and sends yeah. Embiid packing, it's complete, tough. Yeah, a complete different journeys for those two guys. But I, I continue to look at this, and I think it's part of the brilliance of what we saw from Steve Kerr back over in Game 2. Right, Steve Kerr made adjustments. Okay, mm-hmm. Steve Kerr went out there and said, listen, we're going to have to start Jamichael Green. Now, part of that was because of, 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 of an illness. But at some point, you have to be able to coach. Doc Rivers, I think, is a pretty good coach. I don't think he's going to be Greg Popovich. Phil Jackson is going to be this unbelievable, like the greatest of all time. But how are you putting your guys in in a way to succeed? You've done it in the regular season. Now you've done it in somewhat postseason. But if they come out and get punked in this game, like forget about Mm -hmm. my Boonholzer being blown out at Milwaukee, then you start talking about a whole different change. And you've got to have some type of semblance of consistency for a team to be great. And where are you going to get that out of the 76ers? I want to see it tonight. So let's watch television. It is. And I want to see what James Harden has. I want to see if Joel Embiid is noticeably healthier. I mean, yeah, he had five blocks, but there were times he didn't get back on offense for the Sixers in Game 2. He is not 100% with that knee injury. You could see it just in his walking. You could see him limping to the bench. Uh, we'll see what he has here tonight as he accepts his MVP award. Who are you MVP pulling for, award. real quick? Boston. Who, who, who Boston. do you want? Okay, I, yeah. I figured you to be a Boston guy. But- I, oof, that's that's loaded, man. I <laughs> I didn't grow up there. I don't have the accent, but I like Jason Tatum. This is your homegrown thing, right? This is a team that they built through the draft largely, right? And and so I look at this and those teams like 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 even with the Nuggets to a certain extent and, and Boston is the fact of yes, I know the Celtics have had on this unbelievable amount of career, but there are two different ways that they have done this. You felt like the seventy sixers just made a mockery of the NBA for the longest time, going, Hey, Wilson, we're tanking. The Celtics didn't have to do that and they mm-hmm. they hit the the kind of kind of fertile ground where they wanted to be before that. 
So there's no, and that's what I love about the NBA. There's no tried or true way to do it. Okay. When you're talking about free agency and how you're going to get there, you just got to get there. And I, I, again, I don't, I just don't trust when it comes down to it, James Harden and Joel Embiid in a, what I consider a must win game. Mm hmm. Can't I, I? I can't see. I, I can't believe it until I see it with my own eyes, and I don't think yeah. it happens tonight. We have no reason to believe it in James Harden. That's for darn sure. He's Peter Burns. I'm Randy Scott. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Eight eight eight. Say ESPN is a call in line. Justin in Virginia has been patiently holding. We've been asking you for your best and worst TV parents of all time. Justin, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey guys, I really can't think of a worse one. The best one though, you got to say, would either be Danny Tanner or Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv. And then I got two very quick questions for my fellow Louisiana guy, Peter. What is going on back home, man? Louisiana Lafayette, we're Dustin Crawfish now? (laughs) 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 What kind kind of sickness is going on back home? Justin, you got to suck the head out of the crawfish. We all know this. You don't dust it. You just go out there and you do it. The mug bugs, you got to, that's the proper way. That's when you know too many people from the north are moving down south, my man. Got you, man. Hey, real quick, Kim Mulkey got another one. We got a niece tomorrow. So, Don Staley might be in trouble. I appreciate the show, guys. Thank you. And, and what he's talking about is Issa Morrow ended up transferring from DePaul, was probably the, the highest ranked player in women's hoops. As far as the transfer portal, Haley Van Lith, of course, she comes oh, yeah. over from Louisville. Now mm-hmm. they still have Bayou Barbie, which is Angel Reese. They got Flage Johnson. Kim Mulkey is is taking zero prisoners. You're talking about a team that's going all in right now. Oh yeah, I, I cannot. I like. I would have never thought two things have ever uttered in 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 the history of broadcasting. I've done this for 20 years. One. I like the New York Knicks and their basketball team right now. I would have never thought that. And two, I cannot wait till women's college hoops starts next year. Oh, I yeah. mean, like with UConn getting better, Don Staley there, Caitlin Clark, and now LSU putting together this like incredible super team. <laughs> it really. Well, it, I will. It, I will say this real quick yeah, as man. an update here. Uh, looks like South Carolina's getting their own transfer as well. And Sakima Walker, who's the national player of the year, the national junior college player of the year, is going to South Carolina. Kind See? of balance that out. Look there at that. you go. Right. I mean, Don Don Staley. This whole again. I know it might be a little nuanced and it might be fringe for some people, but if you look at the way the women's college basketball grew over this last year and you had a chance to watch this, mm-hmm. this whole Dawn Staley versus Kim Mulkey, which, by the way, a lot of people have talked about Becky Hammond. Hey, is she, could she be an NBA coach? Sure. I guarantee you, Kim Mulkey and, and, and Dawn Staley, if either one of those two got, want to run up to the men's game, they would do it because winners win. And that's what those two do right now. I'd pay money to see what Don Staley would say to Anthony Davis after game two. I'll tell you that. Ooh, it's canteen. Hey, we're just segueing. We're just segueing from one segment to another. Mm. We're going to dive into how much blame Anthony Davis should shoulder for the Lakers' loss and what has to change for him in game three of that series. It's Canty and Carlin, Peter Burns, Randy Scott, and for the guys on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance 
from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Oh man! Yep. Like there, like their mother. That's good to know. We, we but we love her anyway. Yep. Well, that was his name. Yeah, partially busy. He worked a lot. They weren't alone. They had each other. <laughs> How long are we doing this? Yeah, this is your hunch. finest and worst moment ever. No, Brady. it's more than a hunch. You have a hunch on a betting lean. I go off of you. I can't just turn the music down. Randomly. That was a, that was a house with that was a house with astroturf. You know, like like the architecture paid so well. They had a they had a they servant. had like nine kids. They couldn't afford lawn care. Ramona Shelburne knows what we're talking about, right? She like does. The, the, the the whole Brady crew. It wasn't as if they were like a bunch of like they didn't have. Well, I guess they did have maid, right? They did yes, have some Alice. Help. Yes, that's she true. Was there, Alice man. was there. Yeah. All right. Alice lived there too. Like I got two kids, <laughs> and I spent a lot of money on child care, and like Yo. I don't know how Alice did it. I mean, Alice was like living. She was a living. She but was clean the house and took care of like all those kids. Like <laughs> Ramona, we are. She's our ESPN NBA reporter, by the way. If you don't know who Ramona Shelburne is, that's on you at this <laughs> point. It's Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. He's Peter Burns. I'm Randy Scott. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. In for the guys on Canty and Carlin, and we've been asking about it. We, you know, best and worst TV parents of all time. Ramona, we were we were talking about Bluey. I don't know. I mean, you're beautiful children. I don't know if they're of Bluey yeah. age yet. They're still pretty young. Yeah, so we, we get some Bluey going on. We're more in the Peppa Pig stage. Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> Muddy Puddles. Yeah. Are the kids think, watching enough know. that they're going to get the accent, Ramona? Because that is like a thing now. The kids will yes. watch Peppa Pig or they, so, they'll start, Mama. Yes. Like They'll actually start talking the accent. My my four-year-old is so funny. Like, he, he went through a Peppa Pig stage, right? And at one point, he'd be like, Mommy, do we have any tomatoes? And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? 
<laughs> so, so Ramona, give me, give me, give me yeah. a story. And I love this because we could talk Lakers, we could talk Warriors, but I love like the the, yeah. the 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 wonderful women in our industry because nobody understands how hard you work, like as a mom, and then oh, uh, by the way, oh, yeah. kicking butt in what you do. Like, is there an example where you're like? Literally, hold on, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, I've got to like, talk to LeBron. Uh, not LeBron. There, uh, there's definitely been okay. Like this morning, I, I always love when I take the baby in the car. I did mommy and me yoga this morning with the baby, and like had to do R- the Rich Eisen show as I was driving home. And I was like, I hope this baby doesn't cry. It's all right, <laughs> right? Um, no, the uh, it, it constantly, especially during when we just went through COVID, right? So we were all home with our kids, like constantly my four-year-old is running in on my phone calls. And like, I think every single player that I talk to on the phone or GM on the phone has spoken to my son. Cause he just hears me on the phone. I'll be like, Hey, I say hi to mommy's friend, Jason Tatum. You know, like it's like literally he'll just like, <laughs> the four-year-old has no idea who Jason Tatum is, but Jason Tatum is like, hi Daniel. Oh, <laughs> right? so- like it's literally, you know, they're so like, because it, it, it's the most like every like a lot of people have kids in the industry. I mean, Jason has a kid about his age, right? Joel Joel Embiid has a kid about my son's age. So like they he kind of knows them. Like they're just people. Like he has no yeah. idea what I do for a living. He just this is mommy's friend Joel. Like, it's literally <laughs> yeah. like that. I love that. <laughs> so I funny. love that. She's Ramona Shelburne, our ESPN yeah. uh, NBA reporter. Jason Tatum's kind of a white whale in my neighborhood. Like I live up in the, the like one town over. Whoa, from brag him. about! Oh, I thought well, you no, like okay. in the actual oh, neighborhood. I was no. like, geez, brag and, about it. But, every, but everybody knows. Wait. Yeah, go ahead. Well, here's the thing about Jason Tatum. You know, he lives next door to his mom. Yes, yes, and I know the street. I'm not right? gonna out it. Like I know that everybody knows the street. So Ramona, yeah. and Ramona, it was the most popular street in like had ten mile radius on Halloween. On Halloween, everybody was yeah. like, we're going oh, yeah. to Jason Tatum's house. Full-size candy bars. <laughs> Full-size oh, candy thing. bars, exactly. Uh, yeah. All right, so so dealing with you know maybe a couple of the names. You mentioned LeBron, Peter. Like A couple of the names could show up in uh, you know Mama Shelburne's phone here. Uh, what do you make of what we're seeing from the Lakers? And just the, the wild Ramona um, you know, vacillation, right? I, I joke that he's kind of an EKG machine statistically or, uh, is, you know, is it unpredictable as a cryptocurrency because either it's a 30-point night for AD or he's scoring in the teens and the Lakers lose. It seems like there's just a, a lack of consistency there that has to be driving LeBron crazy. I mean, are we gonna talk, if we're talking crypto, are, we, are you going to buy the dip on Anthony Davis, right? <laughs> <laughs> Diamond hands. I mean, yeah, the, um, I, I think... Uh, I think Anthony Davis is there's, there's two things that go on. One is it took an incredible amount of energy to do what he did in game one. I mean, that dude was everywhere in game one. He was offense, defense, he played 44 minutes. Like he was hopping and popping by the end of that. And that, you know, defense is about energy. It's about being really tall and good too. Okay. And athletic like he is, but he put out so much energy um, in game one. I don't, I don't think he had much left in game two. It looked like he had the same um, urgency, and that, that one, and then the other part of it is that he had Draymond Green on him. Like mm. Draymond, I also can't get over this. Draymond Green was the X factor defending De'Aaron Fox in the last series, and now he's like an X factor against Anthony Davis. Those are two totally different players, right? Like, like yeah. Draymond Green can defend both those guys. That is that's unbelievable what he is as a defensive player to have somebody that versatile. And that good at, at being able to stay with a guard as quick as De'Aaron Fox and a big as strong as Anthony Davis and 
And like, Draymond, you don't even need to know what he's thinking because he tells you on his podcast every night. It's like watching a reality <laughs> show where they go into the confessional after the scene, you know? I mean, it's like, he's like there with a the producer and it's just him and the mic and the and he sets up his camera, you know I mean? I, I feel like he does it like as soon as he gets home, he's got a little studio at home. Um, and he, he told you what he was going to do. He basically said like, I need to be more physical this next game. We're gonna, and that's that's that was clearly their game plan on Anthony Davis. They were just gonna rough him up, make it t- make it tough on him. And it was, uh, I think that was you know the 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 difference for AD. Like they made it hard on him, and then when they got down 10, 20 points, he's not gonna put out that kind of energy trying to get back into a game. No, especially in save it as, as as you're in towards the end. It's kind of a load management yeah. inside the game, and we yeah. saw that. Ramona Shelburne joining us right now. And and obviously, I thought one of the things was Coach Kerr and Steve Kerr making those adjustments, which was great. A guy that I thought would make those adjustments, he did it really well with the Bucks until it didn't, was Coach Bunholzer out there. What do you read into that uh, about... you got to think the Bucks went to Giannis and got his yay or nay on this conversation, right? I mean, you don't you don't make a move right? like that yeah. without talking to your star. Now, did they give him a? Did they give him a? Hey, you want to fire the gun, or did they give him a? You know, we're going to do this unless you say something. You know, mm-hmm. there's a difference. I, I do that as reporters, right? Like sometimes you go to a source and say, "Listen, I have it from two other people. I know I, you know, I feel like I'm right, but I want to make sure that I'm right." And, you know, and, and some people say, "I well, I, I can't talk about this." And I say, "Well." If I'm wrong, would you let me know? You know, like that? And yeah. They say, yeah. yeah, I'll tell you if you're wrong. Okay? Like, that's the way you do it now. I always prefer someone to tell me, yes, you're right. But sometimes all the best you can do is say something if I'm wrong. <laughs> right? And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, we got three coaches that have been fired and just won championships. Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, Mike Budenholzer. The only guy in the recent memory who's won a championship is still hanging in there is Steve Kerr, right? And... You know, I think he serves at the pleasure of of Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and those guys who he's won championships with. Like, his, you know, when when they fell off for a couple of years there, nobody was talking about firing Steve Kerr. That wasn't even a question. It didn't even come up. Um, so I, I think, you know, Nick Nurse lost his superstar right away. Kawhi Leonard left. Okay. Um, Frank Vogel, I, I, I don't think LeBron ever said get rid of him. I think they were fine. Their relationship was always good. But did he stop it from happening? No. Right. Right. No. I, you know, I don't know where the Giannis situation is. Did, 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 he, did he just not stop it from happening? I do know his quotes after the Jimmy Butler games were pretty rough. Yeah. And he was asked, you know, what do you think of how we defended Jimmy? And he said, you know, I thought we could have made some adjustments there, and we didn't, but that's the coach's move. And I mean, I was like, whoa, okay. It was, it was saying direct. it without saying it, yeah. No, Ramona, you're right. Oh, about he that. actually said it. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, it. I mean it was it was Draymond podcast type honesty, right? That that's exactly what you got from her there, <laughs> Ramona. Thank you so much well, for having fun with us with the TV parents, as well as uh, shedding your insight into really two of the major storylines here in these NBA playoffs. Thank you. Yeah, you got it, but thanks. All right, Ramona Shelburne, all everything. You can follow her at Ramona Shelburne on Twitter. He is at Peter Burns ESPN. I'm Randy Scott. It's Canton Carlin on ESPN Radio. I went to a Zoom psychic appointment yesterday. We talked about it on the show yesterday. I'm going to share some of it. It was a psychic medium situation. 
Uh, it was emotional, man. We're going to dive into it. And whether you believe or not, I, I, I can't say I'm going to steer you one way or the other, but I'm going to share the results of that. We've gotten some questions about it, so we're going to do that. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. <laughs> do you believe... Uh, I forgot about the I forgot about the bongo drums there with the Twilight Zone. It's Canty and Colin. This is, uh, it's so awkward. Like I don't even know what to do with my hands in this upcoming segment. <laughs> like I have like I heard that we were going to do this early before the day, and I'm like I have like like it, I want to talk about anything other than that. I'm so <laughs> awkwarded out by what you did oh. here at this point, and I don't know how to handle it. So I apologize. Beforehand, if I hurt your feelings, <laughs> no, you're not going asking to. mere follow-ups about what is about to transpire here on ESPN Radio, Randy uh, Scott. All right, he's Peter Burns. I am Randy Scott. It's Kenton Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN <sighs> app. So we talked on the show yesterday with Shay Cornett and I, and I had a an appointment right after the show, a Zoom with a medium, a psychic medium, uh, recommended to me by a family, very close family friend who had lost her parents recently over the last like six or seven years, and I lost my mom six years ago. And she knows, uh, I mean, I mean, think about the last six years, right? Like, think about the pandemic. Think about, you know, raising kids. Um, I've, I've, I've sort of transitioned to a, I call it solo dad O'Brien here, uh, you know, raising my kids uh, half the week by myself. And, uh, you know, there's some stuff that comes with that. And I would have loved to have my mom around for these years. And so basically what was offered to me, how it's described to me is you get to talk to your mom for like an hour, you know, like this, this medium is aces. And so do you want to do it? Yes. You know, yes, it cost a little bit of money, you know, not insignificant. It was 150 bucks, but it was 60 minutes where I got to talk to my mom. And and, okay, going in real quick. Yeah. First question going in zero to a 100. How much you believed in psychics and mediums before, like before you like hit the start of this entire conversation? That's fair because you'd have to frame it like I was not a skeptic by any means. I was, I'd say 75 out of a hundred. Like I, and I wanted to, but, but there is the part of you in the back of your mind. That's like as somewhat public figures, right. You know, P list celebrities is that we are, uh, you know, like you could find, I'm open about it. I tweeted about my mom all the time. I Instagram, Facebook. Okay. So I was trying to figure out what she could tell me that she couldn't get on her own through digging in. Now, eventually you reach a point where, okay, it's 150 bucks for an hour. How much time is she going to invest? If she is trying to scam me, how much time is she going to invest into this like social media deep dive to right. where you know you want to you want to make your time worth it? Is she going to spend two hours, three hours looking me up? Because then it gets down to 150 an hour. It goes from that to like 35 an hour if you're spending that much time on me. So there was a part of me that's like, no, like lean into it, see what happens. Okay. And there were plenty of things that she could have gotten you know, through social media. She knew... Right away, when my mom died, how she died, uh, you know, what my main concern was about her dying, that she was alone when it happened. Um, you know, my siblings, she knew you have two, you have a brother and a sister, and then you have three kids. You have two boys and a girl, too, and your mom loves that. And which kids my mom got to meet. Now, I've talked about all of that on Twitter and all of that on social media. What she then transitioned into, you know, telling me was, uh, you know, like how my mom's brother died. Um, how my mom's second brother died, and these are things that aren't public. And Wait, she nailed this information, like Dude, like the, uh, to a certain extent, she understood. So, like, give me an example. Here. So, my concern is truly that my mom died alone; that she was alone when it happened. And okay. uh, you know, my parents aren't together anymore, and and she got sick. You know, she'd beaten cancer; cancer wasn't in her system. She'd been fighting saliva gland cancer, but she died from a stomach infection, an undiagnosed stomach uh, infection that ruptured and caused sepsis, and it and it killed her very very quickly. 
And she said, you have to let that go. You have to let that go because when we die, we're not alone. When you walk over, you get escorted over by your family that's left before you. And so she, the psychic said, hey, your mom's brother was so young when he died. And she was so young when he died. And and he was there to help her across. And I'm seeing a tragedy. I'm seeing water, water with him. And he died at the Seattle World's Fair in the 60s. He dove off a pier into the Pacific at what? low tide. At low tide, he broke his neck what? and he died. So, and that I can't even find a newspaper article about that. And I've never talked about it in social media or otherwise. And so, to me, there that was the sort of validation and authenticity that I was looking for. And it was, it really was. It was an hour of, you know, a mixture of things that she should know or could know if she did some research and things that she shouldn't. So it was just as an update for anybody who's asked. I appreciate you reaching out. It was a lot of fun, definitely worth it, and um, it was a good hour spent for sure. So we're going to spend some time with Chris Carlin on his own show. When we come back, it's Peter Burns, Randy Scott. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.